1: Hello, welcome to XO Higher Self, the podcast where you send in your questions and I, Bunny Michael, try to uncover the voice of your higher self. I'm very happy to be here with you, episode 8. The days that we've been working on this have sincerely felt long because... (laughs) It takes a lot of work, but somehow the weeks are just flying by. There's only two more episodes left in what we're calling our first official season. After that, we're going to take a little break, but there'll be special alternative style episodes dropping during that break, so don't go anywhere. Just want to remind everyone, episode 10, our final episode of the season, I will be announcing the winner of our very first giveaway. A one-hour video call with me to talk about whatever you want to talk about, along with a gift bag care package put together by the EXO Home Team, aka me and Kara. All you have to do to be eligible to win is become a Patreon member. So, hit up patreon.com backslash XO go there, sign up, even as little as $1 a month, you'll be entered into the giveaway. And bonus, you'll be helping so much. We want this podcast to keep growing. We want to reach more people. We want to make as many episodes as we can. Longer episodes. Different varieties of episodes. We want to bring on guests. We want to do all kinds of fun stuff. But without your support, we can't do any of it. So thank you, patrons. I see you and I appreciate you. Okay, so it's still a heat wave, I'm still recording this in the bathroom of my apartment because it's the quietest place I can find and yeah, it's hot in here. So, I'm going to get this started. Here's our first question. Hi, Bunny.
2: Um thank you so much for this podcast and for all the insights you share on your Instagram and Patreon. I really appreciate it. Um so there is a guy who I dated briefly and Developed feelings for, but timing circumstances were not in our favor as far as his desires for a relationship, and he cut things off. We remained friends, um, and it's gone through some kind of stumbling of figuring out what that friendship looks like. But it's been in a pretty good place recently, and I really—we don't live in the same city, but I really value the conversations that we have over phone and texting, and. He's someone who's non judgmental and I can be myself with, and I feel truthful and good with when I communicate with. Um, he is seeing somebody which I knew about, and he recently told me that he is falling in love with her, and it really affected me more than I thought it would. And I'm having a hard time with it, and I can't really figure out how much of it is wrapped up in my own ego and how much of it is valid or non-ego based. And I just am not sure what to do with that hurt. And I don't know if it's just like, how dare you fall in love with somebody else when you didn't fall in love with me. And I, I could have imagined myself falling in love with him. And I feel like I'm getting kind of caught up in stories and ego and, I don't know what to do. I don't want to lose him as a friend. I don't, I think I might like him as more than a friend. Um, and I would just really appreciate any thing that you can, there's my dog shaking, um, to help me think this through. Okay. Thank you, Bunny. Bye.
1: I totally understand wanting to keep your ego at bay and practice non attachment. So you can stay in the friendship and, It's totally valid if you want to take this opportunity to take on that spiritual challenge where you love him without needing romantic validation from him. But part of the spiritual path is also being accountable to what you have the capacity for. Because if you're not there yet, it's dishonest to pretend to be for the sake of keeping him in your life. He deserves authenticity and so do you. You can't be a good friend if part of you has ulterior motives. Maybe you should ask yourself if you were friends with him for so long because deep down you hoped it might lead to something more. If it's painful to hear about his new relationship and him fa- falling in love with someone else, then why are you punishing yourself? You know, why are you putting yourself in a situation that's painful? It's not necessary. Staying friends with an ex is always tricky. I've always thought a good test of a true friendship with your ex is if you're both able to talk about new relationships with each other and support each other in your new relationships. If it's still too hard to share or hear about it, you probably aren't ready for friendship. That doesn't mean you don't care about each other or love each other it just means that there should be boundaries that are healthy and helpful to actually someday building a friendship if you choose to do so often what happens though is that after that time has passed after you've taken that space for your own self-care a lot of people don't even want that friendship because they realized it was mostly based on attachment even though we're on the spiritual path we haven't reached enlightenment yet and we shouldn't expect ourselves to always be there walking away from a situation that isn't conducive to maintaining our higher self perspective because we know where we're at can sometimes be the most enlightening thing you can do for yourself
3: and for other people Hi, Bunny. First off, I want to thank you for making this podcast because I am a huge fan of your work and also a fan of podcasts. So (laughs) I was really excited to see that you made this and I'm excited to see where the show goes and to listen to future episodes. So, yeah, Um, my name is Danielle and I'm a black, queer, non-binary woman. And I just got out of a long term six year relationship with a white trans man. And I've been having a really tough time post-breakup um not beating myself up for what I quote unquote allowed myself to endure during that relationship. He and his family really upheld these white supremacist values around relationships and coupledom and, you know, you, you know, people, of course, as well. Um, I just you know, everything I did was deviant from how they saw themselves and everything I wanted in a relationship was deviant from that. And so it was a lot of it was played down and disrespected. And I felt like that went on for a very long time, like for years. And I would bring it up to my partner and say, hey, I feel this way. I don't feel great about it. Um, I really wish, you know, you would hear me and see that these aren't things that I want and that I would hope that you wouldn't want either in our relationship. Um, and he would say, "Yes, no, I hear you. and then things wouldn't change and we'd still hang out with this family and have them disrespect me in our relationship. And it just didn't feel great. Um, and so after that had went on for a couple of years, um, I could tell that I wasn't happy and I could pick up on these patterns that were happening and now that it is over, I am beating myself up for those moments in which I noticed that they, they were wrong and things were wrong, but I didn't leave. And I would still try to salvage our relationship or what was left of it because I felt like I had invested so much time into it already. Um, and so now that I'm unhappy and enough for us to have broken up, um, I feel really silly, um, for staying in it as long as I did. And I'm wondering if you have any advice for moving past those. Self hating thoughts, um, those angry thoughts. Of course, I'm upset with him, but really, I'm more upset with myself than anything because I I knew that I didn't want to be in that relationship after some time. So, yeah, Uh, thanks for any thoughts you can provide. um, And I really appreciate you doing this. So, yeah, have a great day.
1: I'm so sorry that you had to experience a relationship where your feelings and emotional safety was not protected. None of that is your fault. You did nothing wrong. It's not on you that this white supremacist world has told black people to deny their autonomy for so long. It makes sense why you were so patient and tried again and again. It makes sense that you didn't want your partner's racist family to come between the two of you. It makes sense that you trusted your partner when they said they understood and would do something about it. It's not your fault that your love was taken for granted in that sense. It's not the love in you that is at fault. It's the people who are unable to hold space for that immense love. We can't control what other people's limitations are, but you loving your partner and trying to make it work is a testament to not how weak you are, but to how truly giving you are. And now it's time to fully give that love to yourself. Don't waste another day telling yourself there was something wrong with you or you did something wrong. No one can really know what it's like to be in a relationship where your feelings are gaslighted until you experience it. It's a situation where you're forced to question your own reality and your own experience. As someone who's also been in a relationship where I was gaslighted, you know, I know that when you're in it, it's really difficult to just see outside of it but now you can recognize it and you're never going to be in a relationship like that again. As a non-Black person, I cannot fully understand your experience, but I know what it's like to have a white partner who does not protect you against racism and puts you in vulnerable situations. I've been there. I think the hardest thing is to separate the times of love from the unloving experiences. The love you experienced in those years isn't diminished by your partner's limitations. Yes, you deserved so much more from your partner, but the love that you felt over those six years was real because love is a state of awareness. It's a consciousness where you see the light in yourself and the light in those around you. Those moments were real because you had the capacity to connect to that. And that is a strength. Other people had walls of ignorance that blocked their vision and their capacity. And you stayed not because you were blind to love. You stayed because it takes time to actually fully comprehend what they were blind to. We are here to bless this world and you are that blessing We are here to heal this world, and you are that healing. Ultimately, what someone else does with the opportunity to be blessed by us in relationships isn't in our control. But now you are in control of learning from this experience so you can share space with those that will honor you. Hi, Bunny. I'm
4: calling, um, just to kind of ask about a situation I'm having in a job and kind of feeling some guilt around wanting to leave the job. Um, so I'm working for a non profit right now and they I feel like the director is doing I guess a lot of like nepotism and I think that they're laundering money and <laughs> I just think that there's some really shady stuff happening um, because the grant funders aren't really like paying attention and I just feel kind of I just feel nasty and so I'm at a point where I really I need money and I am trying to go to graduate school and um, I feel very guilty for trying to get this job to let me go so that I can try to file for unemployment and try to continue on my track and I mean I would like to get another job but I mean at this point I'm I'm kind of at a loss. Um, and my plans for graduate school I had planned to defer because of everything happening with coronavirus um, and trying to take care of my family is a very high risk and I feel like I'm getting pressured to kind of go to school when I'm not really ready and um I am just feeling a lot of guilt from, like I said, trying to leave this job and not really have anything in place because I'm just sort of at a point where I kind of feel like I'm losing my sanity by working there and I am trying to respect myself enough to leave a situation that's making me feel so bad. And, yeah, that's really it. And trying to balance those feelings. And so if you have any advice, um, on leaving a situation and on feelings of kind of guilt, um, and how to sort of remedy those whenever you know that what's happening is wrong, but you feel bad for sort of leaving your coworkers on kind of a string, um, I know that wasn't super polished. I really appreciate your work. Um, thank you for any advice you may have.
1: Oh, babe, I know this time is so rough and job security is becoming more and more rare. But sweetie, I'm concerned about what will happen if you stay at this job. If that nonprofit is laundering money, you staying and not saying anything puts yourself at risk. You don't want to be in a situation where this thing blows up and people are asking you why you kept silent about it. You could be seen as enabling them. I can hear in your voice it's weighing so heavy on you. Guilt can be so disabling and I don't want you holding on to guilt because you work for greedy people. You don't deserve that. Have you thought about blowing the whistle on what's going on there? I don't know what you're able to do, but they are obviously causing harm and the people who suffer are the ones they are supposedly working on their behalf. It's scary to take a stand when we know something is wrong, especially if the consequences could possibly make us more vulnerable. But when you follow your higher self, aka what your heart is telling you, you will be cared for. When you abandon that voice, you silence your own strength. We can never predict what the future holds for us. Even if you had another job lined up or knew for sure you were going to school, something else could happen that messes up those plans. I mean, this is the world we live in. We cannot control what happens, but we can control how we respond. Faith in our higher selves, in the power of love's guidance, will get us through any situation because we are living in our truth. And when you follow your truth, amazing things happen that you could have never predicted. When you let yourself see that you are here for a higher purpose, you are empowered to stay on the path of self-love, honesty, and integrity. You already know. What to do. The question is, will you listen to what your higher self is telling you?
5: Hi, Bunny. Um, so I recently accepted myself as a bisexual woman, and I came out to a few friends about it, but I guess I'm feeling inauthentic because even though I am attracted to all genders, I have only been in romantic relationships with men, cis men. And it's kind of hard for me to see women and femmes as potential romantic partners. And I'm having a hard time figuring out why that is. Because I don't think it's fair that I'm physically attracted to women, but I haven't necessarily been open to seeing them romantically. And I know what kind of role that men play in my life when I am seeing them romantically. And I know it's because hetero relationships are what we've all been exposed to for all of our lives. And I'm mostly friends with women, femmes, and queer people. I actually have the most in common with them emotionally, creatively, and we share the same values. I feel that I am part of my queer community, but I don't even feel like calling myself queer because I don't think it's fair to take up that space when I've never even been in a queer relationship. I kind of feel like an imposter. I feel that cis men have always lacked qualities that women, femmes, and queer people have, and I still tend to obsess over them, even though they don't serve me in those ways that I mentioned. I've just been disappointed by men my entire life, and I've never been in a healthy relationship with a man. So I'm trying to be more open to having a femme partner because they have had a more positive influence on me. I just don't want to treat women and femmes like the way men treat me. Even though I don't see women as objects, I've only had purely sexual relationships with them. And with quarantine going on, it's been hard for me to explore anything beyond that. But before COVID did get really bad, I went on a date with someone really cute and sweet. It was my first date with a woman ever, and I had a good time, but I didn't feel much chemistry, so I left it alone. But I felt it was a good first step. So I'm wondering what kind of feelings you felt when you fell in love with your wife, and I'm wondering if you've ever had, if you ever dated a cis man, and if so, how that experience differed from your current experience with your wife. Um, and yeah, just how do I stop feeling like an impostor in the queer community? Um, so thank you so much. My
1: favorite part about being queer is that queerness is always evolving. As we dismantle the limitations of binary gender roles and relationships, we're still growing in our understanding of our sexuality and our identity. It's not fixed. For me, in my experience, I had a few cis-male relationships, and then at 15, I started dating my first girlfriend and came out as a lesbian. But years later, after I started dating my spouse, I identified as non-binary, and I no longer felt connected to the term lesbian, because I no longer identified as a woman, and neither does my partner. And I think within the queer community, we're all still understanding who we are. You know, what does it mean to be queer? What does it mean to be trans? What does it mean to be non-binary? Does a person have to pass or take hormones in order to call themselves trans? No, they don't. Does a person have to look androgynous in order to identify as non-binary? No, they don't. Do you have to have had sexual relationships with other femmes to call yourself queer? No, you don't. Queerness isn't about what you do or how you look. It's about who you are. For every queer person, there's a time before you've had your first queer relationship. And there's not an age at which you somehow get cut off from being able to identify as queer. I mean, just because I had sex with multiple cis men before I came out as a lesbian doesn't mean I was straight at that time. And throughout history, I'm sure there's been plenty of queer people who never even had the opportunity to have a queer relationship because of persecution or risk of harm. The only person who has say on whether or not you identify as queer is you. I understand feeling like you haven't had a queer experience or struggled in the same way as other queer people. You feel like, you know, it's not your place. But this struggle that you called in about, not knowing if what you were feeling is real because you've been ingrained into cis heteronormative identity is exactly what the queer struggle is. Homophobia and transphobia is based on denying your own feelings or people telling you to deny your own feelings, to deny your identity. It's based on people saying that you need to cure yourself from these unholy or impure thoughts. It's all about trying to convince you that what you're feeling inside your heart isn't real. So we have to unlearn this shame and this part of us that makes us question the validity of our feelings and resist that. In other words, if you feel queer, you are queer. One thing I want to remind all of us is to be constantly mindful of our own binary thinking. So categorizing behavior in terms of cis male versus femme is making assumptions based on the binary, right? You said you've had only unhealthy relationships with cis men, so you want to try relationships with femmes. But just FYI, because you're queer and in a queer relationship doesn't mean that relationship is going to be healthy. I've had plenty of relationships where I experienced a lot of toxic masculinity. Queer relationships can behave in very heteronormative ways as well. It's not like once you're a queer person, those roles somehow disappear or you're somehow not ingrained with them. Some queer people enjoy playing out those binary roles too. It all depends on the person and the relationship femme, mask, trans, bisexual, whatever, we can't make assumptions on how the relationship will play out. And lastly, my advice would be to try not to take this all so seriously. I mean, being queer is fun. It's freedom. It's exciting. Try not to judge yourself and start to enjoy yourself. Go on Tinder, flirt, have a Zoom date, watch some queer porn, I don't know. Try to have fun with it. Celebrate who you are because you deserve it. Becoming more aligned with your higher self and trusting what your heart is telling you takes getting used to. And it's okay if this part has been challenging or you need more time. Just remember, you are a person who is full of love to give and you can let go and stop limiting the spaces in which you share that love with the world.
0: Hi Bunny, it's Madeline. Thank you for your highest self-wisdom. It has changed the way I think and exist exponentially and I'm forever grateful. My question today is about boundaries and empathy. My parents and some of my friends have unresolved trauma and I even have a tendency to seek out romantic relationships with people who have unresolved trauma. I think it's because it's what I know and I get a sense of my own worth, value, and ability to love when I can show others they are worthy, valuable, and loved despite what they've been through. It's an understanding that's come from my childhood, but my experience of love is to put the needs of others before your own. And this understanding has made it hard for me to prioritize and protect my own health and safety when pursuing or maintaining relationships. I guess I'd like to know, how do you negotiate practicing empathy and compassion towards someone with trauma without neglecting or dismissing your own boundaries? Thank you, and I love you. Bye.
1: I've spoken on this podcast before about needing to be the giver in relationships. Often, we don't recognize that it's our need to give, not just others' need to receive, that motivates us. A lot of times we're seeking validation in how useful we are to people. Therefore, we will always need someone to be in need of us. And that can set ourselves up for seeing people not for who they are, but for what role they play in our lives, essentially how useful they are for us, because that's how we measure our own value. It becomes how we see the world. Compassion isn't only about what you're able to give. It's about how you're able to see what you are receiving. Because ultimately, everyone we come in contact with are our teachers. So every time we're there for someone supporting them in need, their ability to be vulnerable with us and ask for our help is also a gift. Everyone experiences trauma at some point in their life. Everyone will need support at some point in their life. And everyone has something to give another person. When we always play the role of the giver, we cut off others' ability to feel the joy of giving to us. There's a lot of people out there who don't yet realize how truly fulfilling it is to help another person. Why not give them that opportunity I know it's scary to ask for things you need. It's scary because then you're vulnerable to being hurt by someone's response. If you're always the giver, then you can always control what happens, right? You're never vulnerable. But being vulnerable with someone is one of the greatest gifts we have to offer. Being emotionally available, being honest about our needs, trusting someone enough to ask for their help even telling people that we love when they did or said something that was hurtful to us so we don't hold on to those feelings and create walls in the relationship. That honesty, that emotional realness, these are actually some of our most loving gifts. That wraps up episode eight, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope it brought you a little bit of inner peace. I hope you heard something that made you feel connected to other people, even though, you know, we've never met and we don't really know anything else about each other except for what we share here. But we're all human. You know, we all make mistakes. We all often feel like we don't know what to do. We all often feel like worried about the future or sad about our past but if you tune in if you practice listening carefully to the voice of your higher self you will always be guided you will always be held because your higher self loves you it's the voice of love inside of you and it's eternal there's nothing that can break that down and i know i say it every single week but i can't say it enough And I don't just say it for you. I say it for myself as well. We're in this together. Let's keep supporting each other. Let's keep uplifting each other. Let's keep reminding each other that we deserve to be kind to ourselves. We deserve to be self-compassionate. We deserve to let go of that voice that tells us that we can't do anything right or that we're not going to make it or that you know, we're dumb or whatever it's saying, you know, it's not real. It's not. It's the way that you've been ingrained to think. Your higher self is the truth and your higher self loves you. And so do I. Thank you so much for being here. Have an amazing, beautiful week. Go out to the beach if you can. Get a tan. (laughs) Have fun. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.